0: Welcome to the Female Fight Experience, the podcast where we share stories to inspire female Muay Thai fighters at all levels to jump in the ring. Brought to you by your hosts, Smokin' Joe Coverdale and me, Bridget Tucker. All right, our guest today is a now-retired pro Muay Thai fighter with an outstanding record. She's a 14-times world champion. Um She's now a commentator, host, promoter, and also a manager for her talented daughter, Amber Kitchen. Welcome to the podcast, The Queen of Muay Thai, Julie Kitchen. How are you going, Julie?
1: Hi, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thanks for pleasure. joining us.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure. pleasure. So you're in you're in the Netherlands. What are you up to there?
1: Yeah, we are like I'm heavily involved in the Infusion Kickboxing brand promotion, and we have a lot of shows coming up now before the end of the year. I think we have like ten of them coming up. So the next one's on the twenty third of December. So we're all working extremely hard uh, on that promotion to get it all ready. Uh, we have a, a cross promotion, so we have Infusion and 8TKO brand within one evening. So it's like two different brands. Uh, two separate shows and obviously the undercard. So we're just busy prepping that.
2: Is that just a kickboxing show or do they do Thai rules as well?
1: Yeah, it, it's generally kickboxing rules yeah. and fusion rules. Sometimes we have super bouts of Muay Thai, so it's yeah, never cool. not not Muay Thai. And yeah, then we yeah. also have another brand called ECE Cage Events where we do have uh, Muay Thai bouts and we also have an extreme stand-up bout so it's like Muay Thai but with stand-up submissions as well allowed so we cover cool. a wide range of different rules yeah yeah
2: Basically. that'd be fun
1: yeah awesome
2: well how about you take us back to how you yourself found Muay Thai how old were you and what what led you to that
1: um it wasn't until like uh, I became pregnant at 21 years of age. I found out I was having twins. i got my twin daughters, Amber and Alea. And um, I used to spend a lot of time with my mum and father helping me look after them. And one day my dad just turned around and said, oh, like your ass is looking pretty big. Like meaning I was putting weight <gasps> dad. on. And I was such a daddy's girl, like <laughs> truly. And I thought, now he said it, I, I know I need to do something. So I just started <laughs> to join the classes have some time away, some me time, start training. And I just fell in love with the sport. And really the the time that clicked in my mind, I wanted to compete. I went to a show. I seen one of the juniors working extremely hard. He had a title fight. So I seen all the prep he'd done. Um, And I went to the show and I just got caught up with the atmosphere, like the smell of the the Muay Thai oil. I just loved (laughs) it, the music and... I was like, wow, I really want to have a go at this and surprise everyone because my character was super, super shy. I would go red if somebody spoke to me. Um, Really? So, Mm. yeah, I was painfully shy all through school. Um, Yeah, and I went in and had a go and I just fell in love with the sport from them, really.
0: So it was another classic going to the gym just to lose a bit of weight and just falling head over heels for the sport.
1: Yeah, definitely. And people always assume that I maybe was just a natural talent at it because I started so late and I had a very well, good career. But I, I really wasn't a natural at all. I had to work extremely hard. I used to, as um, the time went on when I was sparring, I used to do rounds and then I'd go out the fire door, sit on the grass bank and cry because I just had my legs kicked from underneath me so much like and then I would go back reflect on it whilst icing tiger balm in my legs and then want to do better the next session so I was always hungry to learn and improve so
0: what what's your strategy are you just like in that moment absolutely feeling the pain and just determined not to show anything until you get out the door like talk me through that
1: yeah um I've got such a strong mindset. Like I've worked with Finney Shorman, who's also my oh. co-commentator in the past. He's a mind coach. And he, um, like I met him quite early on in my career. And from the day I met him, he said, you've got a very unique kind of mindset. I'm very, I, I'm very lucky I'm a very laid back person. I don't let too many things trouble me. But also I'm very determined. I always want to learn, uh, achieve the best I can. I believe if you're putting time into something, you... You either do it well or you you don't do it at all. Hmm. And, um, yeah, my mindset was just 110% giving everything to the sport. And then as it got more serious, like the diet, you know, I'd done everything to point.
2: Very good. What were the early days of your fights like? Were you travelling all over the UK and stuff like that? Or was there a big local scene at the time?
1: Um, In the beginning, it was kind of because I live right at the bottom of England. You can put a point on it, Land's End, basically Penzance. So I'm far away from all the big cities that do the big shows. So our nearest was we had shows like in Torquay, maybe a couple of hours away. Um, The UK scene's always been pretty big for for Muay Thai Mm. and very strong and strong fighters coming up through. Um, yeah, in, in the beginning, it, obviously it wasn't very serious. I just wanted to do like local shows, which I'd done. And then I started to have a winning streak and people used to hear about my story of not starting till 21, 22, 23 after having baby girls. Um, so it became a story. I started to go in magazines with interviews and people found it very fascinating that this per- that I was doing it at that time in my life. Um, and then I started to get on the the bigger shows, but it was always a bit of a struggle because I lived so far away from London, say five hours, that I wasn't a big ticket seller. And of course, promoters have to sell tickets mm. to survive in their show. But um, it was always a, a little bit of a war to get on. Um, and thankfully, I did. The promoters gave gave me a chance and then I started to build up some fans around the country so I started to sell some tickets and but it it was a struggle in the beginning.
0: Yeah you did you did like really capture the crowds and this was all pre-social media can you maybe talk through how you did build a fan base and you know before Instagram was kind of the go-to for that?
1: Yeah, I actually, I'm really, really gutted we didn't have like Instagram because uh, there must have been so many moments or pictures I would have loved to capture. Like, now mm. we can capture everything. And too much. I look back, yeah, sometimes <laughs> too much. And I, I miss out on that. I, I remember just starting Facebook at that time and I started an athlete page and it went up to 50,000 followers. Um, but yeah, it was. That's it's impressive hard. for them. Yeah, it's like yeah. even at
2: today's standards, for a Muay Thai fighter, that's impressive. Yeah, so definitely. let alone let alone then.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was a gradual thing, but it, it mm. built up. Um, back then, a lot of people used to use forums, so kickboxing forums. Yeah. um So I personally never went on there. My coach and at the time husband Nathan Kitchen was on there, but he was known as a. a, a he had a very strong opinion, so he didn't always get everyone on side for his side. But, yeah, I don't know. People people seem to like me. Um, I guess it's the story. They enjoyed that I was fighting. At that time, it's not like now it wasn't as many female fighters fighting. Mm. Um, I think I put a good display of technique on. I never used to, like, go in and brawl. it was always a technical fight for me like a chess game so I would try and make my opponent do something so I could counter them and catch them with something that's how how I played the game Uh, looking back and being a lot more experienced now by commentating tons and tons of fights I wish I fought more aggressively I I, I wish I was that aggressive fighter but I can't complain because I won 14 world titles in the style I had but Yeah,
2: why do you wish you were Mm. just to draw the crowd in a bit more? Yeah,
1: like I think it's so exciting. I see these young generations coming through, and Mm. uh, like I was hungry for it as well. It was just never my style, but like one championship and the K1 rules, um, the kickboxing, it encourages a faster style, like.
2: Well, I was just about to um, I say was that. Muay
1: Thai, yeah, they kind of don't really slower. have a choice
2: anymore. Muay, Muay exactly. Thai is sped up in, in the in the way that we have entertainment fights uh, the the back end now. What, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? What are you if you're going to sit down and pick a fight to watch? Are you choosing a three round entertainment fight, or are you going more of a five rounder?
1: I mean, when we do commentating, I love our world title fights. They're five mm. rounds, five threes. As long as the action's moving, it's mm. great because it's more, more of a game. It's more about endurance, the training they've put in. Um, but I love a good three three minute rounds as well. But mm. I do, I'm a big fan on technique. Even when I'm teaching, I like to break it down. It starts with technique. It's not just about trying to knock someone out. Um, but the general fans who don't understand everything, they want to see knockouts. They want to mm, see blood, yeah. Yeah. so it appeals to them. Definitely,
0: it obviously worked for you because you only you lost fewer than ten fights, right?
1: Yeah, I lost eight. Yeah, eight yeah. fights. Yeah. Yeah, a few was at the beginning of my career, which really drove me on. Like there were some fights I relied on my boxing because I've got a. Uh, like my family's from boxing. My granddad uh, was the best in England. My father wow. done some boxing. Like, so it was a little bit, so they used to say, yeah, use your hands. You've got a good right hand, good left hook. So I relied on that. And then I had to go back to the drawing board, right. Use the kicking more and then, you know, and get the whole all round experience for the Muay Thai. Um, and I had a couple of losses at the end of my career as well. Um, just because of personal circumstances wasn't great.
2: Did you did you ever feel like having twin daughters was a distraction from fighting and it held you back at all? Obviously, it didn't. Yeah, you you've won mm. fourteen world titles. I understand mm. that. But what what was it like having to balance both training, fighting, and
1: raising two daughters? You know, I didn't even bat an eyelid about mm. it. Really, it suited me. Um, I really wanted to be a mum, so that was my my first. in life looking after my daughters absolutely loved it but it also worked with the the fighters style like I would go to bed early I would wake up before they wake up and go running Um, I wasn't bothered about going out missing out on the party scene like I was a real home bird as they say in England so it Mm. kind of worked for me but as soon as I left the gym and I went home my top priority was to be a mum so I didn't go home and do homework like watching fights studying fights like, mm. that was a section I missed and I probably should have done. But, yeah, the lifestyle, it worked for me.
2: A good coach is probably doing that for you anyway and just showing you what, what you need.
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Did they both follow suit and jump into Muay Thai as well?
1: They did. I mean, we never like, did, obviously. But yeah, yeah. yeah. From from day dot, um, we used to have to take them to the gym. Um, sometimes we had babysitters in the evening. And as they got a bit older, they used to take their homework. They'd help behind the desks, you know, giving the waters out. And so it was like, I, I enjoyed it because they started to interact with the adults. I thought, oh, it's good for them. So they, they grew them. up yeah. in the gym. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, they'd done little bits of training here and there. And yeah they both fought at junior level. Uh, Amber was world champion and Alaya became European world champion at junior oh. level. Yeah. Yeah. They were very um, active in yeah. they was yeah very active in the UK scene and also travelling around.
0: I saw some adorable clips of them when they were a bit younger doing the, like, ring girl duties for you when you were fighting. Yeah. And I was wondering what that must be like as a mum because you kind of, you'd want to see your kid and give them a smile, but you were just fully in the zone, like, almost have to yeah. ignore them being there so that you can do your job.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's funny that you've seen that. We used to say, should we let them, what if I'm cut? Are they going to find it upsetting? Uh, um, but, yeah, we used to speak to them and they wanted to do it and they had other family outside the rope so they could uh, take care of them. But, yeah. yeah. Because of course you would have
0: had Nathan, your husband, in the ring, so both parents yeah. are very much yeah, sort of invested and focused on what's going on in the exactly. ring and not able to. So you got the the wider family in there doing that job.
1: Yeah, but I like you say they was brought up with it, so for them it was like part of life this kickboxing Muay Thai world. Yeah, and I know Amber sometimes says now. Like she never appreciated it or Alea, they just grew up with it. But now Amber's mm. in it and doing it. She's like, now I can appreciate what you kind of went through, especially having us. <laughs> yeah, does. So. yeah,
0: You're very efficient with your parenting anyway, just two in one go and that's your pregnancy stuff out <laughs> the way. And...
1: Yeah, I was pretty happy with that, pretty happy, <laughs> yeah. What's it like for them,
0: do you think, sort of – following up behind you, you know, with the the record that you've got and, you know, being the queen of Muay Thai, what, what do you think it was like for them coming up after you?
1: Um, when they was on the junior circuit, they was just known as the Kitchen Twins mm. um, because obviously my name was pretty big then. Um, so if the younger girls were drawn with them, they thought or knew that they would have a hard fight. Um, and most of the time, they did. The girls yeah. <laughs> were very intense when they was young and they was in the ring. Um, and then when Amber came back into the the adult fighting, I really wanted to find her own identity. So we really always pushed her. I kind of took a step back because in the beginning, it was Judy Kitchen's daughter. She still has it sometimes, but she's really. I wanted her to carve that pathway for herself. You know, she's putting her own work in all the sacrifices. She needs to stand out for her name herself, mm. so I think over the years she has and she's doing amazing. I'm so proud of her yeah mm. yeah
0: yeah
2: when, when what was the decision like for you to hang up the gloves and, and call it a day?
1: um because you, 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 you
2: still seem so passionate about the sport and obviously you're heavily involved in it. Was, yeah. was it a hard decision?
1: Yeah, I think mm. anyone you speak to who's for and they're giving up. It's a horrible decision. And, um, I, I'm just lucky. I get the next best thing. I can still sit ringside. I'm Mm. as close to the action as you can get other than being a ref. Um, I, I I thank my lucky stars. I'm still involved in the sport so heavily. I absolutely love it. But at the time when you, you know, it's time to retire. Like I'm, I hit 14 world titles. Uh, I didn't really have many girls at the time left to fight to prove anything. Mm. My personal circumstances changed. Um, I was starting to go through a divorce. And like, so my whole world was turning upside down. Like I was stopping fighting. My family at home um, circumstances was changing. So it was a very kind of surreal time for me because Mm. everything you know about putting yourself into training 200% and then all of a sudden it's stopping and this is changing and that's changing. So it was quite a hard time.
2: What what did you do to help you cope with that?
1: Um, Well, for me, having two young daughters, like I was busy anyway. It's not like I'd lie in bed being depressed. (laughs) No, exactly. Um, And I've always been like a doer i need to do things i need to accomplish things so Mm. always keeping busy basically and Mm. teaching still giving your love and knowledge back to other students who can use it and then go into the ring i think that's a, a big part of it like not all fighters have the choice to finish and then carry on in the sport Mm -hmm. like some like where do they go they just stay a normal student they don't become a coach they don't have other opportunities and I think that must be hard
0: Mm. yeah Yeah. we've had a couple in Australia recently um very big names here in the female fight scene so um like Victoria Sullivan Yolanda Schmidt um just retiring recently you can see when they're making the announcements it's just such a it's such a momentous and life-changing sort of point yeah. in time. You can really see the impact um, or you can only try and understand it. I can't imagine what it's like going
1: through yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. We have Victoria Sullivan on our reality show or documentary show. It was mm. lovely spending time with her. Such a nice girl. And um, but this is another thing with females. Normally they start their careers young, so then they, they meet their fiancé or whatever, and then it's, it's going to happen that they're going to have children. So as soon as Victoria said... I'm going to retire I expected an announcement soon ah she yeah. could be expecting which, which followed so congrats to her um but that was the kind of lucky thing for me I was the other way around so I gave birth first and then I could have my career and journey without like the pressure of the the time ticking oh my goodness when am I going to have children or whatever So I see, we see that a lot, don't we, with female
0: fighters? Yeah. Well, just, Mm. yeah, that that sort of, you're getting to the peak of the sport at the same time that your fertility is peaking and sort of starting to go the other way. And so you're really kind of, yeah, you kind of find that sweet spot. Um, Yeah. Well, I think it is, and because you're, you know, 21 having your girls, so um, relatively young, bounce back relatively Mm. quicker as well to be able to, you know, get into the sport. But, yeah, yeah, it's it's a tough one.
1: Yeah, it's a tough one for females.
0: What do you what do you love the most? Um, so you're commenta- commentating, you're coaching.
1: Yeah. What's the what's the best post fight job? Uh, for me, I absolutely love commentating. To yeah? be in in that that seat ringside is great. Um, and we've just started doing a hosting show, like before and after. So it's nice to gather the background details of the fighters. Um, to so I can have a chat so I get more insight on their behind the scenes how they're training um I love all of that but my passion is always going to be teaching I absolutely love hold, holding pads hmm. um still sparring but not like massively you know but enjoy that yeah I, I would say teaching and commentating yeah, yeah. and that- then on the go on
2: no, is like, teaching your what you do day to day kind of thing? No, or?
1: it is not. I have um, a client, I'm very lucky, a VVIP client who I teach and um, love them very much, very close to them. So it's great to pass those details on. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, it like me and Amber will meet up uh, maybe if we're in Thailand or I go to Leeds and then I do some stuff with her. Um, but not taken away. She's now with Bad Company in Leeds. I and saw there, that. yeah. yeah,
0: that's going to be she a good looks like she's like leveled up
1: the aggression on her bad ones. Yeah, <laughs> like you can yeah. definitely
0: see the impact.
1: She's definitely she's put like her life on hold. She's going for it like for a few years, putting everything into it. Up, packed her life, gone up to Leeds, seven hours away, and just mm. uh, starting a life there for her training. How old is Amber
2: now? 24. Yeah, heaps of time. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: awesome. Yeah.
2: So, yeah,
1: wow. She's had a, I feel, a bit of a bad run with her records. I think, in my eyes, she's won like two of her matches out of one championship, and she didn't get the call cool on them. Um, mm. So the next ones, she's going to have a lot of pressure on her to really perform well.
2: Yeah, that's the way it goes on one championship, yeah. isn't it? You know, you're exactly. always going to get thrown some pretty hard
0: fights, and yeah, yeah, that's
1: just yeah. That's the
0: way it goes, right? Yeah.
1: Yep, is, is Emma
0: um sign up exclusively to one that's how it works isn't it
1: yeah 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 she's she's got she's due to have i think another four or five fights on her contract so yeah, we'll right. see. yeah awesome
2: so your role on infusion was that the TV series yeah was that to um yeah. were you there as like a commentator host or were you there to coach the girls? What, what was yeah, your role? Yeah, the, the
1: first time I ever went, I went to coach. Uh, it was like a heavyweight season for the men, mm-hmm. so I was one of their coaches. So uh, I was coaching and holding pads for... Holding pads yeah. for the big boys. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's good. Uh, yeah, I'm not the smallest of females either, yeah. so it's No, nah, it you fine. give them five
2: kicks and they're tired anyway. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's you it's the life of a heavyweight, them. right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, um, yeah, they liked... The way I was teaching, my mannerisms, then the next time I was asked back as a host to host the show. And it really just went from there. Um, Infusion started, uh, I think, 2012. Hopefully I got that right. Mm -hmm. And they asked me to commentate. And then I started working with Finney Shorman um, and still commentating with him now.
0: Yeah, Awesome. Yeah. When are we going to see the one that Vic Solomon has? That been released yet, Joe? I feel like this has come up a couple of times. It has,
2: and I still have no <laughs> idea when, where, gonna... or no. when when to watch it.
1: Um, actually, I've seen the the finished documentary. It's looking amazing. Um, they're just now with the broadcasters trying to see where they can put it out and sell it to. Um, Surely
2: Seven yeah. would do it here. Like they've got <sighs> they've put one championship on their mobile app now. Seven Plus. I don't okay. expect you to know what Channel 7 is over here, obviously. No, but I, have, like, I
1: have heard that. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. So sure. Um, yeah, they
1: should do it. If you've got any contacts, okay. send me and I'll, I'll get it on there.
2: Yeah, well, I don't. I'm sure, they know listen I mean. to this podcast. <laughs> they definitely listen. I tagged them
0: us. once in an Instagram post. I'm sure they uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen every week. Yeah, no, I mean Dinah there because we've had a couple of uh, we had like uh, Katie Zetelowski on a little while back, and yes, yeah, Vic Sullivan, and yeah, they've sort of talked really fondly about it. Um oh, nice. and I think our audience would love to watch it, but I just don't know if it's been released here yet.
1: Yeah, no, no, not yet. And uh, Kaylee Ree, she was in my team as well. It was great to spend yes. yeah, that's
0: true, man. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, amazing. So no, it's cool. so, it's so is, this, is it an
0: ongoing, so just have new seasons every year is like an ongoing sort of thing? Yeah.
1: In the past, we've always done like realities. This was more mm-hmm. of a documentary. So it's more to show the fans like the side of the sport mm. um, and obviously get to know the fighters a little bit. But it's a bit of a background details about the different sports of Muay Thai, kickboxing and also MMA.
0: Mm.
1: and a little bit a look back like the fighters how they deal with it before the fight and so it's not so much reality this time but a bit of a documentary style it's really really nice it's really good
0: when they when they do the reality style one, how much of it is trying to get the off screen drama? Like, is that a part of infusion? You know how they have like um like Bachelorette or like the uncut the the versions yeah. of that where they they show how um like contestants are being produced and trying to get that meaty stuff at television. Like, is it is it like that or is it really more about the fighting?
1: No, for infusion reality no like um when we have reality we have like small competitions before um like team things and you always get drama then you always have people yeah. that clash and so we don't encourage it it just naturally happens
0: you just basically. find it put enough people yeah. in the room together and yeah there's <laughs> always some
2: clashes then they'll start arguing
1: <laughs> exactly you just <laughs> take
2: some food off them.
1: <laughs> we all get grumpy then don't we yeah,
2: yeah. Hey, promoting the infusion events over in Dubai must be pretty cool because, I don't know, do they just throw a wad of whatever at you and tell you to go for it or?
1: It doesn't quite work like that. And honestly, this is the most (laughs) stressful part of anything I've ever done is doing promotion shows. Um, I've done eight now. We've done seven in Abu Dhabi and Mm. one in Dubai. And when I first started, it was extremely hard because I had no contacts at all. Over the years, I now know who, who to use for lighting. and But at the beginning, and everything is so, so expensive out there. It's unbelievable. You have to try and barter and get the best prices. And because we're used to European and, you know, prices, it's just crazy. It, it's very, very hard. Loads of permits, loads of laws you have to abide by. Um, yeah, it's not the easiest thing to put together. Mm. But when it happens, we've had amazing shows. And thank you to our sponsor, Al Alshira Stables. Like, they're a huge sponsor for us there. Alshira Stables, what are they? Um, they're, like, prestige um, horse jumping, show jumping. Huh. Um, they have really high-level athletes and horses. And um, they're based in Abu Dhabi, but also they have, like... Uh, stables all over Europe and they really encourage young riders to do the best that they can and Hmm. and um, thankfully they really like our sport of Muay Thai and they like to encourage the youth coming up through like we've done some good tournaments there of like winners winning a 100,000 US dollar just to encourage them to work and they're a big part behind us there. So
0: they're just um, passionate about the sport or interested in the sport. So it's not to do with the business, their core business.
1: No, 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 no. Their core business are horses, the and horses. they've got beautiful, <laughs> yeah. amazing horses doing really well. Yeah, I think even some show jumpers are through to the Olympics, which will be exploring. Yeah, right. Yeah, from That's them. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, amazing.
0: So you're a bit of a globetrotter then. So in the Netherlands right now, doing some stuff in the Middle East. Are, are you, yeah. where's home?
1: Home is. I always say where my mum is which is in England in Cornwall and my daughter's obviously but Amber's now shot to Leeds, so she's like flown from the home nest. I have Alea who's uh, living in Marazion which is a beautiful opposite the beach she's living the the nice country (laughs) life she's settled there um so yeah that's always home got my sisters there and
0: but is I'm Alaya always still-
1: living out of a suitcase.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, is, uh, is it Alea? Sorry, did I pronounce that yes, right? Alaya. She still, does she still fight?
1: She doesn't fight. Uh, she teaches. There's still mm-hmm. a gym at home and she teaches the children and she's a really, really good teacher because her other job is uh, caring for a disabled lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's got so much patience and compassion. She's really good at it.
2: That's amazing. Yeah, awesome. Runs in the family, eh?
1: Yeah, hopefully, mm. yeah.
2: So what um as a fighter I'm gonna ask like a three part question here since you wear Oof. so many hats, yeah. As a fighter, like what advice would you give to a young female coming up in the sport?
0: Are you going to do the other two parts or you just got to hold get, it? Yeah, I won't get an answer <laughs> first. I'm going to let the woman speak. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay.
1: No, I do to throw good too much I, at
2: her because then i only get one answer.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I've got a fighter's brain so I'd forget. <laughs> yeah, that you've been whacked one. up a
2: few times.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, firstly, it's so nice to see so many females in the sport growing. I think that's quite easily to see. Like it's, it's amazing. Um, obviously... Put the hard work in, listen to your coach and don't try to run too fast. That's the only problem I see these days. Like we have so many shows going on, which is great. It's encouraging everyone. Um, people see like the, the new youth coming through. They see the, the older fighters, what they've achieved, they're, when they're, they're winning. And they seem to sometimes be a bit too hungry to want that. I'm uh, I feel sometimes they've got to be careful not to go in the the ring or the cage too early. And they have to understand the full consequences of it's not like a swimming race that you'll just lose. Like you could potentially be knocked out. It's really Mm. you can get a lot of injuries and it can cause harm to you. Um, Some of them just see the like the glamorous side of social media now of, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And then they see the hands raised. But you got to like sacrifice a lot, haven't you, to be a fighter? You guys know, mm. you know. And they yeah, have definitely. to just understand it. You see it with it. one
2: championship a bit with mm. dudes uh, and females as well that may have had 10, 12 fights and they're so excited to get the call up for one championship. They'll say yeah. yes to fighting anyone. And then they get absolutely slapped by an ex-stadium champion over in Thailand with those yeah. small gloves and that's just like maybe like the opportunity is there and it's great but. Sometimes just kind of putting the brakes on a bit isn't a bad idea.
1: Yeah, just get get that experience, isn't mm. it, I think, and put the hard work in the gym and don't cut corners.
2: Yeah. Mm. Okay, so as a as a coach, might this be is very part two similar, for the listeners part, following part two, at home. Yeah. As a coach, what would be your best advice? Might just be don't cut corners. Listen I guess. to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, listen to your damn coach. <laughs>
1: Definitely just don't cut corners because that moment before the fight, when you're gloved up and you're about to walk out, you have this, or I did anyway, weird thing in your brain. I know exactly what
2: you're about to say. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Have have I done everything? Have I skipped my runs? Like if you've done everything to the book, like it's going to give you more confidence. If you Mm. know there's been days when you've lied in bed thinking, I don't want to do that run today or went to McDonald's, just don't friggin' do it. Give yourself the best shot possible. Like mm. your training camp is going to be, let's say eight weeks or whatever your coach chooses. Dedicate yourself to it. Give yourself the best shot you can. Otherwise, you'll be playing in your head just before you go in. I didn't do this. I didn't do that.
2: And you only think about the things that you didn't do or the junk food that you did. <laughs> eat. You don't, you never like, yeah, but I did do 99% of everything. Mm. Right. But you only yeah. ever think of that 1%, eh? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's a weird feeling. I think both of you have fought before. Yeah. Have yeah. 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 Um, yeah, you just you can get drained before you step in that ring. So mm. yeah.
2: you just know some it. nights before you even go out, don't you? Yeah. So then, uh, as as a promoter, what what are you looking to see, and what what do you want to see out of someone that's looking to get on infusion and looking to progress their career?
1: Um, I don't actually deal with any of the the matchmaking as such, mm-hmm. but uh, as a Promoter, we like because we do shows in different countries, so mainly most of the shows are in the Netherlands, so you need to promote the the Dutch fighters, but if we go to other countries, let's say um, to Spain or France or something like that, then we get the the local fighters there. Um, yeah, they need good experience, they need to be exciting in the ring, like what we was talking about earlier, they mm. have to show the action. Um, and of course, it always helps if they have a a fan base again, but Mm. yeah, like for me, when I'm promoting in Abu Dhabi or Dubai, it's very interesting. I've learned the local kind of scene, I've got very close to the Kickboxing Federation, Uh, it works very differently out there. Like, everything's got to run under a federation of the UAE, so I've come to know a lot of the gyms and the local fighters, and um. In fact, they're all very humble out there. I think they have to act in a certain way. Um, but yeah, just again, looking, are they training hard? Are they serious? They've, they've got to be serious athletes as such. They're
2: mm. yeah, very good.
1: Well, it's quite big. Um,
0: I was surprised. I used to live in Dubai years ago okay. for a couple of years, but I didn't remember it being. Maybe I just didn't have my eyes turned to it then. But I didn't remember it being a big martial arts scene. And also, it's so fucking hot. Of the yeah, year. <laughs> like, yeah. They the air must con, have the aircon cranking. Air yeah, the yeah. Is it quite? Is it quite big? Because I recently have seen more fighters coming out of the Middle East, coming out, well, coming out of the UAE specifically. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Um, they've grown so quick. Like our very first show, infusion show we held there, it was before a federation was even uh, built. So th- that's why I think I've got a very good relationship with them. They always say we respect that you was like the first one to hold the big event here for kickboxing, Muay Thai. Um, and then the, the federation, um, Sheikh Monsoon is behind it, who owns mm-hmm. the the football club um and they've filtered a lot of money through they've got great people running it um because their background in the schools is is the wrestling um but now it's gone into the schools and they're just promoting for children to be healthier and they've got lots of different schemes amateur shows all the time to keep them busy they're doing an amazing job yeah what sort yeah. of
2: size venues are you filling out for, for
1: um f- yeah, it varies. Yeah. Like uh, one of that I like, done in Abu Dhabi, we used the Etihad Arena, which is used for the UFC. It was just way too big yeah. for us. Um yeah. and and there we don't we normally keep it more VIP events. So it's like a thousand in the UAE. Yeah, okay. um, it's like really nice table service. Mm. And uh, in Europe, we're averaging around three thousand at the it's moment.
2: Decent crowd though. That's mm. yeah.
1: Yeah, it's mm. a great a great crowd, and they really get behind the fighters, so it's a good mm. atmosphere. Yeah,
2: this is a bit n- not off topic, but what happened to the yokai shows in England? Because yeah, I used I- to, wa- I watched them when I was coming up. Like I used to sit down, listen to Vinnie Shawman commentate, yeah. and watch the yeah. the Yoko shows. And now it's it's just kind of they just disappeared. Did they?
1: Yeah, I, I. to be honest, I wouldn't like to say something in case I say it wrong. But, Fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. And then the new brand, uh, what's the new brand called Muay Thai? I don't know. But, of course, we've got Liam Harrison now, the mm. Hitman Show, which is starting to get really big in England Yeah. and well-known, yeah. Yeah,
2: okay, yeah. cool. But,
1: yeah, Yokau was going for years and created great shows and good fights and all Muay Thai.
2: Yeah, yeah that's how I learned. About a lot of the UK fighters like Liam and like Daniel McGowan and those kind of
0: that era, yeah.
1: Yeah, nice.
0: Mm. Mm, Very cool. What's next, Julie?
1: Next is uh, we have lots of shows coming up for Infusion, ATKO, so we're working all the time. No matter where I am in the world, I always help out with the the background, um, getting ready for the production side for that. Um, I expect I'll be off soon to do my my teaching as well. So I'll be gallivanting to hopefully somewhere nice. <laughs> to Living be it up, do, eh? <laughs> yeah, to be. Is this doing your mystery
0: that. your mystery celebrity mm. client? <laughs> yeah. Can you give yeah. us a hint? Like, are they blonde? Do they have big muscles? Oh, you you
1: wouldn't you wouldn't guess you would. Ah, guess. okay. You just wouldn't guess, but um, uh, it's a great great client. Great gig, um, mm. yeah. really really good hard work Um, gets you there that's for sure yeah definitely and I always think a little bit of luck and just meant to be sometimes paths cross don't they
2: Mm. yeah for sure
1: but um yeah very good um and yeah just keep tapping away working hard trying to promote the sport the way that I do in my own little way yeah (laughs) and enjoy it yeah Amazing. Awesome.
0: Um, and uh, I had the pleasure of um, shooting some emails back and forth to Amber and prep for this. So, she does she have some fight a fight locked in next?
1: No, we've asked them. Uh, I'll be asking them again soon to hopefully have something before Christmas. I know mm. the um, the the Hitman show is eager to have her. Uh, if she was to fight somewhere, we ask for permission and they can say yes or no. Um, so maybe that's on the horizon if they give permission or hopefully they'll also have something for her before the end of the year.
0: That's interesting, thinking about that from a promotion point of view. So if you're locking in fighters to be exclusively fighting on, say, one championship, yeah, do they have form in saying yes to letting them go? Like, I'm trying to think, what's in it for them to let a fighter, even if they can't match them or don't have anything lined up for them, what's in yeah. it for them in permitting them to go to a fight on another show?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know, but I've seen other people do it. Like uh, I know Iman Barlow sometimes fights on our home show. I guess she the really Aussie boys have got the similar
2: similar Actually, kind of contract. True, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, fingers oh. crossed they do release
0: I see her why and it affects
2: and letting them fight. Yeah, if they haven't got a matchup for them, they you want to keep your if you in my mind, if you've got a contracted fighter, you want them to stay active Mm, so when they do fight for you, they fight well, right?
1: Exactly, yeah, that's that's what we we say, yeah, she needs to be busier, really,
2: yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. This isn't the UFC, we're not fighting twice a year, right? (laughs) No, exactly, and
1: (laughs) I just feel so sorry as well, like, uh, well, for many different businesses and people, but the COVID struck so. Yeah. Like that took either some people's retirement years away from them or the the young ones, their start up years. Like mm. it makes a huge impact in many people.
2: Yeah, it definitely sets you back. Mm. Two years of fighting for a Muay Thai fighter, that you know, potential like twelve at a of twelve fights at a
0: Yeah.
2: as an easy estimate. Not not yeah. even someone that's super active. Yeah. yeah.
0: Exactly. Oh, fingers crossed that they do give her that release, and um, please keep us posted. Uh, yeah, on, for sure. Yeah, those details. That'd be yeah. great. Um, Hopefully,
1: see her back on one soon again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that would be excellent. Oh, Julie, um, I think we're done. Have you got any other questions? Joe? No, I'm You're good. good. You're Being good. Great. Thank you so much for coming on, and um, yeah, keep us posted on when we can finally see this goddamn infusion documentary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we will. We will. <laughs> for sure. It's been a pleasure to talk to you both. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Uh, it's all
1: good thanks Julie see ya bye thanks so much for joining us
0: on the female fight experience if you like what you heard and want more please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts if you could rate and review us while you're there as well we'd really appreciate that it helps this podcast get into more ears and hopefully ultimately gets you some more fighting opponents you can find us on Instagram at Female Fight Experience or on email at femalefightexperience at gmail.com. We love hearing your feedback and any suggestions you have for future interview guests, make sure you send those our way as well. Thank you and see you next week for more Female Fight Experience.